Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Back in the saddle on this Tuesday. Now, last week, we ended talking about consecrating your life. And I promised that this week we would go a little bit deeper into that topic. Well, today we begin. So what do you do if you find yourself caught up in the muddle of life? And it happens to all of us, doesn't it? We know what's important, we know what we should be focused on, yet work, school, kids, bills, they just weigh us down. And it can become too easy to just wake up every day and have no other thought than, what am I going to do to just get through the day? What am I going to do to just get to the evening? And then you might have plans for things you want to do throughout the day or in the evening, but you get tired and you get worn down and they don't happen and you put them off. Well, how do you return from that? I love that phrase, return. We've been discussing Martin Buber's book, I Am Thou, and near the end as he goes through what what it means to have this I and Thou relationship as opposed to an I and It relationship, he starts talking about returning. How do you return to a life of spirit? You know, you wake up that day and you go, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to be caught up in this rat race. I do want to simplify my life. I do want to focus on things that are important. How do we return? Because we were all there when we were a child, when we were born, when we were young, the relationship with our mother. It's a place we've all been, maybe just shortly. Maybe we only saw a faint reflection of what it could be. But we've all known at least some point in our lives what it was like to be in that I and thou relationship, even if it was just for a moment. Well, how do we return to that? How do we make that normal? Here's what Martin Buber says. At times when man is overcome by the horror of the alienation between I and world, it occurs to him that something might be done. And yet he may know the right direction. Deep down in the unloved knowledge of the depths, the direction of return that leads through sacrifice. But he rejects this knowledge. What is mystical cannot endure the artificial midnight sun. Man, there's a lot in there. There is sort of a horror as you age and you realize you're more alone than you ever thought you would be. That's a horror I see a lot in the work I do. People go through life, we have ambitions, we have relationships. And what tends to happen as we get older, those relationships get more and more superficial. Life becomes more objective. It becomes the it world of just things. And you, and you start to wake up and you, and you realize you're not in close communion with that many people. You're more alone than you ever thought you could be, and it's kind of a horror. It really is. The world and, and life, in a way, has come in between you and real relationships, and you want to do something about it then here's the hard part. It requires sacrifice. Because see, to be in relationship with somebody means it's not about you, it's about the relationship. In order for that person not to be an object, you have to be willing to open yourself up 
to accept them as they are, to not put expectations on them. And isn't that easy to do? We get angry with somebody, we're disappointed in someone else, and we begin to have expectations of how we wish they would be if they were only this way. And in doing that, you've made them an it. You really wrestle with that in a marriage. You know, the strongest marriage is a marriage where two people feel like they can be themselves and together they become something greater than themselves. But that's hard to do. Because what we tend to do is look at that person in the relationship and think to ourselves, if they were only the way I wanted them to be, things would be okay. Well, guess what? The second that you do that, the second that you do that, you make them an it. And you put up barriers to having a true, deep relationship. And you never fully enter into relationship. And to be able to do that requires a sacrifice. You have to be willing to accept them as they are. And that can be a sacrifice, can't it? And see, here's the the thing that you don't see. When you accept somebody as they are and you enter into relationship with them, that relationship, that grace you find makes you become something else. It changes you. It changes them. But that's not so easy. You know, I think in a lot of ways, We don't understand relationship. We don't understand how that works. Here's how Bobo describes it. Grace concerns us insofar as we proceed toward it and await its presence. It is not our object. The you confronts me, but I enter into a direct relationship to it. Thus, the relationship is at once being chosen and choosing, passive and active. You see, that's his way, what I just said. The power in a relationship is not what that person's going to do for you. It's in the relationship itself. Grace, in a way, is allowing somebody to be who they are and then to sanctify that. See, God comes to us with grace, and what he says is, believe in me, I will give you grace, and that grace is what will change you. You know, he's here, you know, saved by grace, you know, not works, you know, Works is the idea that if we do something, then we'll be acceptable. Grace is the idea, you're acceptable right now. Come to me and that will transform you. Well, that's what a relationship does. Buber goes on. World here, God there, that is it talk. God in the world, that too is it talk. But leaving our nothing, leaving our nothing behind to comprehend all, all the world and comprehending the you, giving the world its due and truth, To have nothing beside God but to grasp everything in him, that is the perfect relationship. So what does he say here is the perfect relationship with God? It's not an objective thing. There is God. It's it's not even to say, as he says there, God is in the world. It's God is everywhere. In a relationship, there is no separation. And then together, we become something better. In a weird way, we become more our true selves. You know, Buber's background was in Judaism. I think that's one thing in, in, in a lot of ways that separates the Judeo-Christian beliefs from a lot of others, in that in becoming one, you become more of yourself. You don't lose your identity. And why is that? Because in a relationship, you have to have identities. You have to have people working with each other, talking with each other. That's, again, what's so hard about a marriage. There's so many times in a relationship that you feel like, You have to give something up 
in order to be what that person wants. And that's a scary place to go. And it's, and it, it only sees it in a, in a, in sort of a shrouded way. That's not really what it's about. What it's about is I am me, you are you. We love each other. We accept each other. We enter into relationship. And then the grace of that relationship transforms us and makes us each something we could not be on our own. No, that is the nature of the relationship that God wants with us. That's the nature of the relationship that we want to have with other people. Now, obviously, God is perfect. Theoretically, we could have a perfect relationship with him, although that's probably not possible because we're not perfect. But it's what we want to aspire to in our relationships, where we are both fully us and we are both fully in the relationship. Last week, one thing I mentioned was about being known. How well does your family know you? How well does your spouse know you? I'm sure everyone listening right now, you have somebody that you're supposed to be close to. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Maybe it's a child. For that relationship to be full To return that relationship to a life of spirit, you have to know each other and accept it and grow with it. You can't look at them as an object. Your number one desire can't be to change them. Your number one desire has got to be to know them. You know where I see this play out a lot? Is the years I spent working with people who are in addiction. You would see some people coming in, whether it was in a prison or whether it was a halfway house, and their attitude was, I want to change these people. And they almost never changed anybody, and they almost never got close enough with someone to change them. And I learned very quickly that these were interesting people. As damaged as they were, as broken as they were, they were interesting people who had led, who had led lives that you have all, tell all kinds of stories about. Now, they might be a lot of bad stories, but they were stories. And when I went in there and I, and I began to see each of them as an individual and I wanted to know about them, I wasn't there to judge them, I wasn't there to change them, even though I would hope change would come from the relationship. I just wanted to know who they were. And you would build these deep relationships. And in the context of the relationship, you would see people heal. You would see people change. You would see grace. You know, maybe if you're having a problem with your children, you don't know them enough. They don't know you enough. You're not in a true relationship. Maybe if you're having trouble with your spouse, maybe you don't know them enough. Maybe you're trying too hard to change them and you're not trying hard enough to know them. I believe what Martin Buber believes, that when you are in relationship with somebody, when it is deeper than just a superficial I-it, I-object When you allow someone to be themselves, when you allow yourself to listen, that's where change occurs. Truth and love seeks its own level. If you were in a relationship with somebody of truth and love, the truth and love will seek its own level. And you will each get what you need and you will become what you were meant to be. But that's scary. It's hard. It requires a sacrifice. A sacrifice of our ego a sacrifice of our expectations, our sacrifice of our desire to change things and make things in our image. That's what happened in the Old Testament, isn't it? 
It's almost this battle of people trying to follow God and be in relationship with God. And then just as they're there, they get full of themselves and they, and they want God to be in their image. And they fall away. And they lose the relationship. And they lose the grace and then they got to fight it back. It's an old battle, but it's a battle worth fighting. So maybe something I mentioned last week, but it, it bears mentioning again. Get to know the people that you're with. You know, you had a long weekend, maybe tonight over coffee, putting your kids to bed, talking to a friend on the phone, whoever you are, however old you are, but somebody you're close to. Talk to them with the spirit of nothing else. I want to know you better. It's not about me. It's not about my expectations for you. It's just about listening. I want to know you, and I guarantee you're going to feel closer to that person than you did when you began. Allow them to make themselves known, and you will enter a deeper relationship. Now, make sure you tune back to tomorrow because we're going to talk about relationship in terms of the three spheres of relation. As we near the end of our discussion on I and thou, we're going to go even deeper into living a life of relationship, of grace. And not just with people, with nature, with animals, with work, your whole life, consecrating your whole life realizing that God is there in everything we do. And if we open ourselves up to it, not only do we retain ourself, we understand all that around us and we become even greater than ourselves. So make sure you listen to tomorrow. But tonight, allow somebody to be known and watch the magic in the relationship. So until next time, my friends, I want you to aim high. Spread your wings, and one of the best ways to do it is allow someone else to be known to you in relationship, and the grace of that will lift you both up just like eagle's wings. And keep your eyes on the things that matter. God is everywhere, which means you don't have to look far to find something that matters. I'm your host, Silouan. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.